Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin from Off The Real Podcast, and we're back with a very special episode. This time, I brought my homeboy, Clint, along again, and we're going to talk about our top five songs from our high school years. Man, what a cool idea. Like, to go all the way back then and kind of see when you really start to get into music. Um, like, you know, what you were really thinking about, what you were listening to. Um, and then I was thinking to myself, I was like, I wonder if it's going to dictate what we ended up listening to, or yeah. if it would just show that everything was a fad. So pretty excited about it. My number five, I went with um, country music was big in my younger life, um, maybe when I was a kid, uh, up until junior high. And then it kind of um, wasn't as strong of an influence. And I remember the first time I heard a, a, the country song in high school that I was like, okay, I need to dive back into this. Thing, and it actually opened up Texas country to me. And it was um, Charlie Robinson, My Hometown. Mm. That would yeah, hit once for somebody like us, for sure. Yeah, man. And um, that's when I discovered Jerry Jeff Walker. And then I got into, of course, all the Texas. And I still keep up with a lot of Texas country to this day. So that was kind of my introduction into that. Um, I guess I can keep going. We'll go with number four. Uh, I went with Let's Get Married by Jagged Edge. Wow. Nice, dude. <laughs> uh, the, re- the reason why is because um, I had a good uh, a guy who helped me put this list together, had some influence, was Matt Wickman. And, uh, oh, my he, uh, God. I've not so- thought about Matt Wickman. Holy cow, dude. We had so many good times in his, uh, his Black Maxima riding around in the metro <laughs> to r&b music <laughs> uh yeah 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 so uh that that was just for uh pure nostalgia's sake and i uh like r&b music uh next i went with um i'll be missing you by puff daddy it came out a month before my freshman year um yeah. and it actually i didn't realize it until later but um this song and the next song that I'm going to name actually had the biggest influence in my music. They were um, upbeat rhythms with uh, introspective emotional lyrics. And uh, I seen that I'll Be Missing You was at number three, and number two is Everclear, Wonderful. And uh, it's kind of like I said, it was an um, upbeat song with an emotional lyrics. And kind of ended up um, helping to craft my musical style, and I kind of cheated on my number one. I went with a uh, a two part, 
a double side because I, there's no way I could separate them, and they both have the same feeling. Um, so my number ones, top five songs from my high school years is UNLV, Juggle Through the River, and Outcast, Miss Jackson. All right. Dang, man. What was it like the first time you heard Miss Jackson? Like, tell me that. I want to know that. Uh, okay, it was actually at, oh man, it was at a party. Roderick Brown took over DJ. I think it was a party behind Peabody or at, at, at maybe Dalton Street. But uh, yes. I wish I could. One of those. And, and yeah, that's the first time I heard it. And um, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. And then the, the, when I heard Bombs man. Over Baghdad, I was at Blake Roberts' house. And uh, we was watching 106 in Park, and I was like, this is my favorite rap group of all time. Um, so this is when I really started, like, getting into a whole lot of different stuff. But the problem is, is growing up in Hillsboro, people make fun of you for that. And so I had to kind of keep it all to myself. Like, all the stuff I was listening to, I couldn't even admit it because I didn't want it, like, um, I don't know, to get pantsed by Bo Posey or something, you know? So, like... Um, Anyway, after all that, here we go. I'm, I'm heading into my top five now. So, um, number five for me is Thank You by Boyz II Men. Um, I did not, that song came out before I was in high school, but I didn't listen to Boyz II Men until I got to high school. And I didn't really like them because I was always reminded of Gina Dances with like, I'll make love to you and I'll bend a knee and like, um, I just thought they were overplayed and corny and I didn't see the beauty and like what they were doing. Um, but for some reason I ended up picking up that CD. It's not for some reason. It was one of those stupid mail-in things. It was like five C's for a penny or something like that. Then you got like raped for the next like year and a half of your life. Um, but I always went two and I heard thank you and I thought to myself, oh my God, what this? It was one of the first times that harmonies like really popped in my head. Um, and I think it's impossible to hear that song and not be happy. I just really do. Um, especially towards the end of the breakdown, you know, I guess coming out of what would be the bridge. Um, oh, man, it's just great. Okay, moving on. So I worked at the Gap in high school, uh, the Gap Outlet. And um, I started there Christmas of my senior year and then worked on through. And they had like this really terrible playlist like the worst ever like most of it was like <laughs> it's like all it was for the most part but this one came on and i was like whoa what is this there was like really crummy sound like heavily distorted guitars but the vocals were really soft like really melodic like uh, really kind of carried through very very beautiful and um when i like asked somebody i was like who sings this what song is this and they were like i don't know and so I made a mission anytime that song came on, which was, you know, once a day. But I didn't work every day to ask literally everyone. And finally, I asked this woman who had like three kids. Or, I mean, like, dude, I had no shame. I was 17. I didn't care. And like, I asked everybody, do you know the song? Do you know the song? Like, literally anybody in the store, leave my section. Um, Pam Jones, Mikey's mom, was my manager. And um, she'd come over to me and she'd be like, Clint, what are you doing? Get back over there to work. <laughs> I'd be like, I gotta know this song. She's like, she was like, look it up. <laughs> but kids, that was before the internet was really great. Um, anyway, I finally figured it out. And it was a song called Coffee and TV Blur. Um, 
if you guys don't know that song, they were or know that group. I mean, everybody kind of knows that song, song two. Say it, um, say it one more time. Had, you kinda, say it one more time. You kind of broke up a little um, bit when you said it. Okay. Um, Copy and TV by Blur. Everybody kind of knows the song, song two, which was that song that was like, woohoo. Um, and like the chorus, like real heavy and poppy. But uh, they were like a Euro trash band, you know? And um, they never really got real here. But this song, Coffee and TV, really started to broaden my horizons and like opened the doors for me listening to indie music, which is kind of what, I'll tell you what they were. They were my gateway drug to Radiohead. All right, number three, Zealots by the Fugees. Um, when the score came out, I don't know if anybody's life ever the same. Like, um, I tell people this all the time, like how important it is to go back and listen to the score. Um, and one of the main reasons it's really important is because if you go back and listen to early Lauryn Hill, you see, you will see exactly where Eminem got his rapping style from. Um, mm. Lauryn Hill will go through single syllable words, will go through single syllable words very quickly. And then on like two and three syllable words, she'll pick one of the syllables to hang on to. And yeah, so like, yeah, it's yeah. exactly what Eminem did. She does that to create a very unique rhyme structure and allow words that don't rhyme to rhyme to because rhyme. she yeah, spit yeah. the third syllable of a word on the first part of the next sentence. So like, the other great thing about that song is it samples a song by the Flamingos from the 50s called I Only Have Eyes For You. And I was a I, big um, Buffy yeah. the Vampire. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, uh, I was a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan in high school. And there's an episode of that show in season two called I Only Have Eyes For You, and that song plays in it. And I don't even know if you have to like Buffy to go watch that episode. It's one of the best episodes of TV. But all right. So on number two, top two. Number two, Losing a Whole Year by Third Eye Blind. Um, Jumper was the first song I actually liked by Third Eye Blind. So it caused me to go out and buy their self-titled album. Um, really good song. But when I when I put the CD in and I heard the title track, I was like, "Oh my God, what is this?" I mean, that dude just like came at you ferociously, and it was like he's like sitting there screaming at you, but it still sounds melodic enough that you wouldn't be afraid to offend your mother if you listened to it in front of her. And um, what's amazing about that song is when I heard it in high school. I thought to myself, like, oh my God, this is such a dream situation. Stay in bed with some hot chick for like a year. And like, I go back and listen to it now, I listen to it today, and I realized how terribly tragic that was. The dude just wasted the year of his life. Uh, hashtag all my exes. Um, so like, <laughs> that one. And then number one, oh my God. This is gonna be kind of an odd choice. I was at Derek Escobedo's house. Um, going into my, I think, junior year of high school. And that was right when we got MTV. Remember that? That was like 98. We finally got MTV. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so I'm over at Escobedo's house. And uh, us, uh, Kenny McCrite, um good Lord, who was there? I don't even know. But watching TV and kind of hanging out. And uh, I think we we're playing Goldeneye on the TV. Side TV is what we were doing, and this song came on, and this beat, I'd never heard anything like it. It was this beat that was like, 
I was like, what uh, is that? Timbaland had already busted onto the scene by, you know, producing some genuine stuff. And, but he really hadn't gotten out exposed to who he was. And by the way, guys, if you have never heard Shock Value Volume 1 and 2, go listen to those immediately. Both of those albums are just fantastic. But are you that somebody by Leah? Are you that somebody by Leah, man? I'm telling you, like, I don't know what it was about that moment that really grew me, aside from the fact I'd never heard anything like that. And if you really think about it, what Timbaland did right there by giving us the ability to listen to a song that had genuine positive, nothing going on in hip hop music. He took away all of like and everything else that Dr. Dre had given us and put in something that was just, bam, I've never heard anything like this. 